Who is this gentleman here? Are you are you with? Were you with? I thought you were with, with um, um, Tom's group. Yes, he, he is. Okay, hey, all right. Sam, pull up. And get yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull up. Get up on the microphone here. Yeah. These things don't do well at yeah. long distances. Yeah, yeah um, that noise and stuff. Uh, so. Now, I was wondering how long they did that. Of course, that'd be a Bill Pasternak type uh, question. He could tell you right on the money, but uh, yeah. Um, so now, do you, do you guys you, you, do you tra- do you travel around with 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 Tom and the cameras, or what? What? what are you, I know you got a still camera. You're shooting pictures with the with a still digital camera. Oh, you have no idea what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've uh, I've been going to the uh, the Dayton Hamvention with uh, Tom and his crew um, for a couple of years now. Um, well, rather, I should say I uh, I go and meet him there because I'm from Syracuse and he's from Memphis. But I got involved with that one year when he needed a couple of uh, uh, chat room operators. He has a uh, a chat room on his uh, his video page, and he needed a couple people to watch over that. It's just a thing there to let people uh, talk back and comment on the uh, what's going on in the video. And that was how I got involved with that. But I'd been going to the Dayton Hamvention for a couple years uh, before that. But this is my first trip to Huntsville. And that was just uh, something I thought would be nice because Andrew, who I've been friends with for a couple years now, uh, got the Young Ham of the Year Award. And that's, uh, that's why I'm out on Huntsville today. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, it's it's interesting because this year, this Hamfest has has taken on a different shape. You know, it's divided into two sections. We have the the flea market area, which is on the other side of the planet, and <laughs> we have the vendor area here. And I understand there's another convention that is going on here that that booked the the areas that this particular the, the Hamfest would normally be in. So now they've had to stretch it out. There is quite a little walk between the, the two locations. Oh, yeah. But, but it's still, it's still um, I don't know, I still think it's a great ham fest. I mean, even a little distance there, maybe a little handier when it was a, a little bit closer together. But well, uh, You know, I, I got here and I thought, wow, this is like a miniature Dayton. You know, you got the flea market outside and, uh, you know, the, all the vendors and stuff inside. But, you know, it's, it, it's really like a small Dayton here. And I, I, I really enjoyed this. It's, it's been lots of fun so far. Well, I'll, you know, I'll tell you something. Is, are, are any of you guys ADD? <laughs> uh, that's a good question right there. <laughs> it depends if it's on the radio or not. Well, the reason why I say it is because ADD people, um, I, I'm terribly ADD, and I have a hard time when I get into a real large situation like Dayton. I don't know what to look at. I mean, it all hits me at once. I mean, you're, walk, you're walking around the flea market, and, I mean, it's like there's a million things that you don't ever see and yet, when you get into a, a, you know, like you're saying that this is like a mini Dayton, this mm-hmm. is kind of scaled down a little bit. It's um, it's a little bit easier, I think, to deal with because you you really do have a chance to actually look at something. A Dayton kind of overwhelming a little bit. Do, 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 do you think so or not? In uh, in some ways, certainly. I mean, Dayton certainly has a lot to offer, but the fact that you're uh, you're jamming this big event with indoor exhibitors a huge flea market a lot of uh a lot of vendors and everything into just a just a three-day weekend is uh can certainly be a bit much uh, you, you, they should be able to they should stretch it out over the whole week you know that that would make it <laughs> a little more possible to cover everything that'd be ham radio heaven right there is what it'd be <laughs> well you know I, I, you know there's something I, i've noticed I, I i went out of this flea market here 
And I noticed there were boat anchors. I saw old Johnson Viking 2 AM transmitters, and I saw old Heath kit gear. And I don't know if that stuff was at Dayton this last year, but I didn't see much of that. I mean, I walked around. Now, that, I don't know why I always look for that stuff, because I have an inordinate co- collection of that of that junk, you know, and I, I don't need any more, but I always look for it. I don't know why that is. I, I, I don't know. Maybe as you get older, you'll, maybe you'll have some peculiar traits like that, like, like I do. You know, you'll, you'll go look for some old piece of gear that you don't need, you know, but you'll just want to see one there, you know. It's comforting. I, I was at a ham fest a couple of weeks ago, and I bought a, another handy talkie, an FT-470. I didn't need that, but, you know, I, I, I sure can use it. You know, I already have three handy talkies. You know, didn't really need the fourth, but I, I think I'm starting to require that trade of buying too many things of one kind that you don't really need. Well, what'll happen, see, what'll happen is, is, is you'll, you'll get to the point where you'll go to a ham fest and you buy this thing that you want, you take it home, and it sits there and collects dust, okay? And then you go to a ham fest and you see another one almost like it, and it's such a good deal you can't resist it, so you get it and you bring it home and you sit it right beside the other one, and now you have two of them that collect dust, you know? And I, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And then, then a chance, you know, believe me, this will happen to you. Believe me, as you get older, then all of a sudden one day, you're going through the ham shack or you go through the, the, the room where maybe you've got a lot of your radio stuff stored in, and all of a sudden you discover a piece that you forgot you even had. You know, you're going through there and you're looking at that and you say, "My, I, I didn't know, I forgot all about this." You know, and you pull it out on the shelf and you plug it in and start mm-hmm. playing with it and all that kind of stuff, and what's even worse is you realize that you almost bought one of those at the last ham fest forgetting that you had the one that you already had i i know there's guys out there listening right now that know exactly what i'm talking about they've been down that road it, it, <laughs> I, that happens to me you know every time my parents send me to my room for various reasons i'll get up there and i'll find some piece of electronic equipment or something that i haven't seen and or that i haven't you know touched in a couple of years and uh i'll entertain myself for quite a while with that and it, it, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose of sending, them, sending me to my room because, you know, I just sit up there and play with all the electronic gear I have up there. You know, one of the things that's been cool about ham radio, and that is, is that uh, in, in growing up, the thing that I found was that at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when everybody else is in bed, you can reach over and click a switch and you turn the radio on, and there usually, there usually is always somebody there to talk to uh i i don't guess i've never seen that fail i mean it's always been something that's 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 happened and uh it's um it's one of those things that you know it's i guess that other people don't have when other people have turned on the television set and they realize that their cable company is pumping out 70 channels of infomercials you know (laughs) you've got the magic bullet and a couple others i won't mention and uh how you can get rich and make all kinds of money real quick. And, uh, you know, there are 70 channels. Well, we, we could flip a radio on and have a conversation with somebody, you know, halfway across the world. And uh, we've got Scott that just came up here and sat down. And I want to I get him on the radio here if we can. Well, let's, borrow, let's borrow a mic. We might if we borrow yours. That might be a little bit easier to move than that one. That one seems like we've had a problem with, you know, Andrew's been over here. He, 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 he's, he's held it by hand and everything else. How how is it going at the Tentec booth? It's busy. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's Huntsville. Huntsville being one of the best ham fests in the country. It's always busy. Lots of people here. Um, good crowd. I mean, geez, big crowd. You know, 
I mean, it's still big now, but even a couple hours ago, it was and even more have so. you have you met Andrew over here? I have not. I saw you up on the podium there. I'm Scott W4PA. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Congratulations. Nice to meet you too. Yep. Saw you on the uh, podium when they were doing the presentation. Well, you know, um, we we've been talking about advanced methods of communications, digital stuff, and all that. And the thing, I saw an ad, and I want you to talk about this, Scott. I saw an ad for a 10-tech rig, and I don't know which one it is. I'm, I'm, I'm model number crazy stupid. I don't know all these things. There's so too many of them. But, but this thing, according to the ad I saw, it's got a Cat5 connector on the yeah, back of it. Yeah, that's the Omni 7, right. And uh, what all will that... All right, you, once you plug Cat5 into it and you have a live Internet connection going into that radio, what right. can you do with it? I'm basically everything. Everything you could do... Uh, if, as, if, as if you were sitting in front of the rig live, uh, you can do through the Ethernet connection on the back. Um, the connection couldn't be more simple. Essentially, you just plug the thing into an Ethernet uh, connection, plug it into your router. Uh, the software to remote the rig is provided for free. All you have to do is go to our webpage and download it. And, um, you know, you can run it any way you want to run it as if you were running it locally. Uh, we have guys, I mean... You'd be amazed at some of the things people are doing with this. We got a guy who's an American that's living in Tokyo, wants to be able to talk to his buddies on 75 meters on the west coast of the U.S. at night, can't do it from his apartment in Tokyo, and he's got his ham rig remoted in California and is running it over the net. And uh, we have a couple of guys that are one, with one of the uh, European embassies in Beijing and uh, unable to get a Chinese ham license, individual, and wow. are running their ham rigs in Europe from China. Uh, from their apartments there. Um, of course, in, in lots of things that are more commonplace where we've got uh, folks that are hams that uh, have to travel for work a lot, have the rig at home, um, and are running it from hotel rooms. Um, yeah, so it works, it works good. I, I just think, I think that's incredible. It'll be able to take your notebook and plug in your little wireless card on the side or if it's got the wireless built in log into the network and you it know, is it, it really is cool and, and really um like a lot of things in ham radio it's one of those things that uh you kind of have to try before you can really appreciate how cool it is one of the things we do when people have called in and said called into Tentech and said well you know how can i can i try it and so we give them a you can actually put a password on your radio we'll say okay here's a web address we got a rig in the back hooked to a g5rv out of the yard here's a um, password, go ahead and connect to it and you can download the software for our website and you can play with it. We do that for anybody that calls in and wants to, uh, you know, give it a shot. We had a guy, actually it reminds me of a funny story we had recently, there was a guy who called in from the Netherlands on the telephone and said he wanted to try out the Omni 7 remote and did he think it would work from Europe? And I said, sure, you know, so he downloaded the software and about a, I could see he was controlling the radio. About a half hour later he called me up and said, you know, I hooked up that Omni 7 and I tried controlling it here from here and all I heard I didn't hear any all I heard was static I don't think it's working and I said well what are, you, what are you doing and he said well you know I'm tuning across the 75 meter hand band and I said you do realize it's noon here in the United States at the moment <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to hear a whole lot that's but a, it is a good rig a, it really uh, that probably that transceiver is probably uh, the one that we've had the most interest in over the last uh, year or so and uh, good reviews from the hand mags and uh, yeah good rig I, I, you know, I, I guess that that just really intrigued me when I saw that. I thought, well, I've seen it all now. Here we are. We got a ham rig with a Cat Five connector on the back of it. But that's exactly. I was thinking, 
if if I could get my hands on one radio, that would be the one I would want to yeah to, to play with. Well, we try to make it easy. I mean, um, there has been a lot of uh, discussion about remote operation via the internet over the last several years with uh, various ham rigs, um, some of which use maybe Skype or something like that for a client for um, transmitting voice. What we wanted to do essentially was just make it pretty simple, uh, so people maybe that. Uh, don't have the technical savvy or don't care to, uh, could just merely plug this thing in to a uh, Ethernet cable and get it remoted on the air. That, that, that's cool. Yeah, I've heard of the guys using Skype and log me in. They've got three or four different programs they're running on it. It sounds awful confusing to me. And I mean, it's like I realize it can be done, but uh, to think that the radio has the interface and the software. So, the, in other words, the audio is not a problem. When you plug a, a mic into a notebook and you've got your software running, that mic is active, and it's also feeding back to the uh, or, or do, there's a return path for audio coming yeah, back to your. Yeah, that's correct. You know, and that's all been worked out. Yep. So they that's it. I mean, it's, it's really as easy as that. I mean, you don't even need a computer on the remoted end where the rig is. I mean, you just plug the rig right into the router, and all you need you need the PC locally wherever you're uh, controlling it from, but uh, not not on the radio end. I've got I've got Charlie Emerson just sat down here. And uh, he's got the headphones on, and he's he looks like he's ready to go. What's what's happening here today? Well, I'll tell you what we got going on here is a is a good show. We uh, we feel like that the attendance is up, and uh, we've got a big crowd here in the North Hall, uh, the BBC, the Von Braun Center here in Huntsville, Alabama. We got uh, we had to split the operation this year. We got uh, people in the uh, arena as well. And uh, both places at one time were just as full as they could possibly be. We're just tickled to death with the uh, uh, the attendance today. We think that, that we're in, and we're certainly encouraged that uh, uh, that we're we're if if we intend to move this ham fest to the next level, we may be on the verge of taking that step. And we sure do appreciate everybody listening in, looking, watching, and seeing what goes on. So. Uh, anybody listening to the uh, broadcast or watching WA5KUB.com, we uh, certainly appreciate you guys being there and watching and uh, uh, appreciate the attendance for everybody here and appreciate Ted doing what he does. So uh, thank you, Ted. You and your crew uh, do a swell job, and so thank you so much. We appreciate it. Oh, we enjoy being here. We just want to. All we want to do is promote the hobby and, and to promote the ham fest. We, and that's yeah. what that's what You know, it's Charlie's all. too shy to say, so I'll say it for him. Huntsville's always been one of the best run ham fests in the country. They do such a great job here. I mean, anybody that would feed you lunch, unload your truck, come by 20 times and ask you, how you doing? Do you need anything? You guys got it greased. You really do a great job. Well, you know, let me, let me ask, let me explore this out. Are not the bulk of the folks that are involved with, with the Huntsville ham fest, are you guys not all pretty well near in the engineering fields. I mean, everybody works in engineering. We're dealing with a ham fest that's been designed by engineers. Well, uh, that is true to, to a large degree. Uh, of course, I, my, myself excluded. I'm, I'm not in the engineering group here or whatever, but uh, but they had to have uh, they had to have somebody that ha- didn't have anything to do with that anyway. So that was me. But uh, but we do have an awful lot. We're particularly blessed with people that are technically oriented here and uh, that are knowledgeable about ham radio and other things as well. You know, we got a really good uh, Skywarn system here. We got uh, uh, we got all kinds of of uh, learning capabilities. We got good clubs. We have uh, good fellowship and uh, so. Ham Radio in Huntsville, Alabama, is certainly alive, and I can say that to tell the truth. They, uh, we're 
Uh, you know, we use one of these, uh, I guess, a cliche that radio, uh, that uh, Huntsville is, uh, is certainly radioactive, and, and we are. And uh, we, we're real proud of the people that, that we have to do with, and uh, they do a swell job, do a good job for us. And uh, so you're, you're right. Basically, uh, you know, there, there is, there's an awful lot of people that are technically oriented here. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, it just seems to me that engineers always, you know, we have a different approach. I've been in radio engineering all my life, so we have a different approach to things than, than folks just in the outside world. We think different. You know, do, you, do you think that's the case? Oh, yeah. Scott? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> As a guy who was a liberal arts major in college who works for an engineering company? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was, just, I, just, I was just looking. I want to make sure we had a picture of, of, of Charlie here because he's got this Heil microphone, and that is the, uh, the fin. The one that um, um, Joe Joe Walsh told him he wanted a, a, a microphone that looked like a '57 Buick. So Matt's got it lit up, blue, and then with contrasting Charlie's hat and shirt, that's just quite a picture. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Let me get this out of. <laughs> well, that, that's a cool mic, as it lights up blue. It certainly it? is. Um, and of course, uh, uh, Scott's booth here, Tentech, is just right across the. The aisle from uh, from Heil Sound, yeah, and uh, so now you've got your ham fest coming up. We know? do, yeah. That's uh, just around the corner. It is the last weekend of September, uh, Friday and Saturday, which will be uh, Friday, September twenty five, and Saturday, September twenty six. It's held on the grounds of the Ten Tech Factory in Sevierville, Tennessee, which is uh, about thirty miles east of Knoxville. This is our tenth annual, and uh, it's grown into quite an event. I mean, we started. From very, a very humble beginning 10 years ago when we had uh, the idea to have a ham fest out on the front lawn. And the idea really to have the ham fest on the front lawn really came from talking about what ham fest we ought to go to. And somebody piped up and said, well, we should just have a ham fest out in the yard. And that's really how it started. We uh, got a tent and we invited a bunch of people. I think about three or 400 people showed up the first year. And uh, now we're up around 1,500 or so. Um, there's now a DX convention that's held in Pigeon Forge simultaneously on the same weekend with our encouragement and support. That's a separate event from the Tentech Ham Fest. And we run, you know, an all-day sale on everything that we sell. Um, we uh, have a huge flea market session in the back. We do forums, uh, demonstrations of the current rigs. Uh, yeah, we really look forward to seeing everybody there this year. Uh, if, you know, if, if you're a Tentech guy, you've got – that's – you gone down the 10 tech road and you have all that 10 tech stuff that's the that's the one of the the ham fest you can't miss you've got to go to the 10 tech ham fest that's all there is to it yeah we get people we had people from 26 states last year so it really um you know it's uh people that are very devoted to us and our equipment come from all over the place to come to the show of course all the knoxville locals uh make it out as well we see them every year as well uh it's turned into yeah really good thing um I, I know you don't. You probably can't be away from your booth for a long period of time. But I was going to ask you, what what is what is new? G- give us a, a, a real, just a real brief rundown of stuff that people may want to look for. From, the, newest, from the newest thing we have out is a, a, a RF speech processor. Uh, it's model seven fifteen, and it is a um, speech processor that can be used not only with ten tech rigs but with anybody's transceiver. Um, its goal is to increase average power output from a typical single size band transceiver. Um, connects between the microphone and the mic input jack on your HF rig. We've actually got a little demo set up here at Huntsville where we've got a, a Daiwa uh, HF watt meter hooked up to uh, the speech processor, the Orion 2, and a microphone where we say, okay, here we're talking to the mic. You know, your average power output is 
probably something like 20 watts. Kick the process around, and the power output jumps up by about 3 to 6 dB, up into the 40-watt to 80-watt range. It's wow. uh, fairly, fairly dramatic, you know, and um, the processor has a passband control on it, which gives you a little bit more flexibility for tailoring the sound of the transmitted audio than just an on-off button for a speech processor would. Well, you know, years ago, I remember when, when speech processors became, I guess I want to say, in vogue. There was yeah. a... There was a unit it was in the, yeah, in the 70s. The mm-hmm. Daytong was one that was out. The Vomax. Um, yeah, was, Vomax is the other one. We were just talking about that at last night with a guy who was running a, one of the old Vomax with a Drake. We were talking about the 715 speech processor, and he said, oh, you know, I used to run a Vomax with my Drake C-Line. And, you know, back in the 70s and in, really into the early 80s, uh, RF speech processing was the rage. That was something that, I mean, Tentec had an RF speech processor out at that time. Daytong, the Vomax, I think there were a couple of other units that were available. I think once uh, the industry at large got over to um, solid, the first solid-state HF rigs, I think some of the solid-state finals weren't quite as robust sidebar now, and they didn't want to jack up the duty cycle on single sideband, and so that sort of drifted away a little bit from being in use as much. And uh, really just the speech processor that we have out now is really just the same concept that was used 25 or 30 years ago, except we're using... a. DSP processor in the box instead of all discrete components. But it's exactly the same concept as it ever was. It's something I think that a lot of the hams that have come into the hobby in the last 20 years are not familiar with. The old, all the guys that were here in the tube days, Drake and Heathkit, and they all know what an RF speech processor is. So that's the thing we, we spend a lot of time with, is just educating some of the people that are newer to amateur radio what the difference between an RF speech processor is a true RF speech processor and something like a compressor or a clipper that's found in a typical HF rig. Well, I know, I know a lot of the rigs, especially when you, t- you go back in time to, to rigs like the old Drake TR4s and things like that, the Swans, <laughs> you know, the, the audio sections on those things, as far as transmit were, was concerned, they, they, they did audio okay, but they didn't do anything with the audio. It was just audio. Yeah, right. know? And, and uh, often it was jammed through a crystal filter yeah. on the way out. So it was communications grade, you know, for sideband. It was 2.4 kilohertz, and that was it. Take it or leave it. All, all driven by a, a D104 connected to the front end of it. Correct. And a lot of guys would go in, and they'd pull the fiberglass insulation off the off the crystal element to get that extra edge, you know, or whatever. I'd, yeah. I'd seen that done before. And, then, and now you hear one of those on the air, and you go, oh, my God, Ooh, we actually listened to that. You know? <laughs> well, when the SSB response of the ham rigs back then was a lot less than it is now, it didn't matter quite as much. But you know, the emphasis on uh, good microphones, good-sounding audio, and uh, amateur radio voice communications has really only been the last 10 years or so that that really... I mean, it used to be kind of be, well, we can have any old microphone plugged in. What difference does it make? It's ham radio. It doesn't matter. You know, right, right. The it, response is only whatever it is. It changed. You know? That yeah. changed. because yeah. Bob uh, Heil cursed us is what he did. He came along. Bob yeah. certainly <laughs> takes his share of responsibility for making everyone sound better. That's true. <laughs> you know? Plugged one of those mics in. You know, right. we run these. But you know, what? you know what? It took a long time for that to catch on. I mean, Bob has been involved in ham radio now selling microphones since the early 1980s and the idea that he had all along about plugging in quality microphones and quality even or even external sound processing gear into ham rigs it took a long time for that to catch on it didn't happen overnight i mean bob talked about that for a really long time before the hobby at large started to finally wake up to it i think and do that you know bob bob was way ahead of his time on that. well i can tell you we, we've got a Matthew and I have a couple of rigs, and I won't mention the brand name, okay? But the audio, transmit audio on them with a stock hand mic that comes with the radio in the car in a high noise level 
is unintelligible. You can't understand a word the person is saying. So I got on the phone with Bob. I said, what have you got? And I told him the type of radio it was. And he sent us a couple of mics with some cartridges. I don't know if it's the HC5 or whatever. And Matt plugged it into the one in the car. And he's got, now I will say this, he does have one of the large Tar Heel mobile antennas. And he has a uh, homebrew amplifier that he made um, that's built on an old uh, automobile um, uh, uh, phase linear um, mobile stereo basic yeah. amp chassis. I'm, I'm, I'll get there eventually here. I've been doing this too long. <laughs> Anyways, but he, he built this homebrew thing with a Tar Heel. And the, this radio, I mean, he's got a pretty good signal. He, he plugged that Heil mic in, and all of a sudden the whole thing changed. I could understand every word he was saying before. You know, it sounded like yeah. you ever heard these CBers going down the road with their their echo mics turned up all the way. You know, of course. you know they, yeah. they the, the the truckers. You can't. I don't know. They all talk to each other, but I can't figure out how they do that. I mean, it's like you can't understand anything they're saying. So I don't secret <laughs> trucker code. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy. What? Where's the Waffle House? It's a language that they they develop. They it's like I don't know colloquialism or whatever. They they have their own language that they. They understand among themselves, yeah. and it's just hard to hard to get in there unless you talk to them all the time. Well, you know, the, the thing of it is, is you, you, you may not understand what it means that they're saying, but with all that reverb and all that mic gain going down the road in that in those in those semi rigs, are so the the the, no, the noise is as high as the audio, and I can't. That's where I don't understand. I can't pick. I cannot pick out the words. I can't figure yeah. out what they're saying. You know. Well, this hand. You think, fest- you think someone would have figured out? To sell noise canceling microphones to CBers by now. Yeah, well, yeah, that, you know, that maybe yeah. that could be Heil's next market. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, you were talking about Charlie. I wanted to mention this because I was trying to describe this earlier. There's something else going on in the Von Braun Center besides the the Hamfest, and that's and that is what kind of preempted or created the situation where we got the flea market at one end and we have the the vendor area at the other end of the then. A mile hallway between <laughs> between the two, right? But uh, I tried to describe that earlier, and I probably didn't give the right description. So why don't you tell what what that's all about? Because I don't see that it's hurt anything. I, I you know, there's a little bit of a walk between the two places, but that's kind of a break. Because I'll tell you, once you've been in an area and you're standing around with a bunch of people, and you're kind of conge- it's kind of a congested area. I mean, that's good. We've got we've got a pretty good crowd here. You know, a little walk between the two places. Uh, is actually, I think, a good thing. But go ahead and tell us a little bit why that is this time, what happened here. Well, what happened, we had a little bit of a scheduling conflict, and uh, probably what it uh, amounted to is just uh, uh, that when we advertise our ham fest here in Huntsville, we advertise that we are uh, that we hold our ham fest on the third full weekend of, uh, of every uh, August, uh, third full weekend now. The lady that does the scheduling for the uh, Von Braun Center uh, always thought, and this is the only time that that uh, it's come up, and she got—I hate to use the word caught, but uh, this this time caught her. But uh, what she thought all this time that we've been doing this thing—that a full weekend to us was uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, that wasn't the uh, the case on the first Saturday. Uh, well, the first day on uh, fir- the first of August this year was uh, was a Saturday. Well, that was a full weekend to us. I mean, uh, being that we thought that the full weekend was Saturday and Sunday. And uh, so, anyway, that threw her to schedule us a week 
beyond where we are here now uh, next week is when it was. Well, I was looking at the uh, uh, contract, and I uh, was about to sign it, as a matter of fact. And I looked at the dates, and, uh, boy, I couldn't believe what I saw there. And I told her, I said, uh, we cannot, we can't do this. Uh, we can't afford to uh, change the dates of the ham fest because it's all, uh, it, would, it would create somewhat of a domino effect. Uh, people plan out their year and plan out their vacations and uh, plan out what, they, what they're going to do. Not to mention that every vendor that comes here, like me, I mean, I know it's the third weekend of August. If nothing else is going on. It's right. the Huntsville Ham Fest. And so we, we didn't have the option of, uh, of changing the dates. And so the best that we could do was uh, to split the Ham Fest between the North Hall and the uh, arena. Now, uh, we were very fortunate indeed to, uh, to be able to say that, uh, this is the, that, that it had been done this way in the past. And so there's some guys that are working the Ham Fest that uh, uh, have, well, the layout guy, for uh, instance, uh, Art Davis, uh, actually still had his drawings from, uh, from when the, the Ham Fest was held in this place years ago. I think it was 1996 when, uh, when they had the last one here, and then they were split out into a couple other places in the Von Braun Center, and, uh, but this time they weren't available because of the SMDC. And what that is is a Space and Missile Defense Command uh, show that's here, and it's a large, uh, top-secret, uh, just uh, a, a huge weapons show is what it is for the United States, uh, what we produce and, uh, and what we sell to our allies. And believe me, they have uh, real tight security. I'm talking about some serious security. And uh, normally we, uh, we wouldn't, well, we're, we're not allowed to even now get to certain places in the building because they're setting up their displays uh, for the show next week. And uh, so everybody knew that there was a mistake made and that, uh, that things needed to be corrected and needed to be done and all of that kind of thing. So Von Braun Center then said, okay, well, we'll give you guys the uh, North Hall and the arena. And uh, although we're downsized a little bit from being in the South Hall, we're not too much. But I can say one thing for sure, that uh, since I've been doing the Ham Fest, this is the first time that I can say that, that we are sold out in the dealer show. We could not get another person uh, in, and believe me, we tried every way that we could to uh, accommodate everybody that we could. Uh, several dealers that I had talked to and traveled uh, uh, lots of miles, uh, Orlando and uh, Dayton and various other places, to uh, uh, to try to coerce them to come to Huntsville, they, they finally bit, and they waited a little bit too long, and uh, we didn't have room for them. And, boy, let me tell you, it really hurt us uh, pretty bad to do that. But, as you can see, there's been a big crowd, and uh, we're real real uh, thankful and, and fortunate that the uh, economy is uh, evidently getting a little better and doing things, so everybody's kind of starting to, uh, to, to loosen up a little bit. But I, I don't think the ham operators around uh, most of the places that I've been have really noticed that the economy was bad or with, uh, there was a recession, either one. So I've been good attendance at a lot of ham fests that I've gone to. So it's a, uh, it's a big space in uh, missile defense program that, that uh, knocked us off the log this time. Well, I'll tell you something. It's, uh, this is... I will have to say, this is the friendly. They, they say that the friendliest ham fest. This is the friendliest ham it's fest. It's got to be. It really is. I mean, I mean, it really is. And uh, we walked down to the flea market area, and I mean, it was just wall to wall people. I mean, I was. Yeah. I mean, you, you, if you, if you, if you, if you start at one end of the the aisle, you just have to, you just have to be very patient and just move along, you know. And uh, a lot of people. But you know, I'll tell you something. Uh, even. I, I think it, 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 it's something that boils down from the top, and then it, it trickles down even to the vendors, and that is the um, 
I don't feel any. Um, how, how can I say this? Uh, other other ham fests I've been at. Sometimes you can feel a little tension. Yeah. Especially when the it's aisles a little, a little bit adversarial. Yeah. Sometimes when, when, yeah. when, when the when the aisles start getting packed, crowded, yeah. and people are wanting to get through and all that kind of stuff, and then the, the vendors, because of the congestion in front of their their booth, they start getting in a mood, you know, and and you can it just all the way through, you know. But I don't I don't sense any of that here. That I mean, everybody here is very very friendly. I noticed in the flea market, as packed as it was, everybody was very patient. You know, nobody can say, excuse me, excuse me. You know, <laughs> people stepping in front of each other and all that kind of thing. Uh, but if you wanted to see something, you, you get up to the table. And, and I even the vendors, you could see they were having a good time talking to customers and whatnot. It's just a, it's a different it's a different atmosphere, really. Uh, and I'm not saying the other ham fests are bad. I'm just saying this is a very, very friendly ham fest. And it really but I, I'm, I'm I was I was just listening to. You talking about how they come by and check on you to see if everything's okay? They help you unpack your truck and all that. Right. Well, we we pulled up today. We just had a few things we had to bring in the door, and right away there was a guy there with a cart saying, "Can I help you?" And we, you know, I was like, "My goodness, this yeah. is unbelievable!" You know? So, is is I guess this is all planned. I mean, this is the way you guys want. You just want to do a ham fest that way. Oh, absolutely. We uh, we certainly do. There's uh, there's a big effort during the year to. Uh, to try to line up now, it it, it happens usually uh, three, four months, two months uh, ahead of the uh, the ham fest schedule. We uh, start uh, trying to get folks to volunteer to help us out, and it's the Huntsville Amateur Radio Club that uh, that we uh, tap the uh, the folks for, and we've been very fortunate uh, to to have people that are uh, are enthusiastic. And uh, and really want to help. As a matter of fact, there's a couple of the guys that uh, uh, we haul folks uh, their equipment on uh, little flatbed buggies and things like that, and we help them get to the uh, booths and, and various things. There's a couple of guys that bring their own carts. They 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 are so enthusiastic, and it's the truth. They bring their own carts from home and uh, and to haul people's stuff on. So I, I tell you the truth, really, uh, we're very very fortunate to have people that are that are that enthusiastic about it and, and want to help that much and. And so we, uh, we we make a we make a, a pretty good party out of it. You know, we feed everybody uh, fairly well. You know, as far as that goes, we got honey baked ham on board to uh, help us out with the with the food and all of that. And then uh, we also uh, at the end of the after the dust settles from the ham fest, we'll have a ham fest workers uh, party, and uh, it's uh, you know to, to tell everybody thanks and all of that. And we give away some prizes and have a good time. So. It's a it's it's a big team effort. Honestly, it is. And uh, man, I'll tell you the truth: when you get everybody pulling in the same direction, uh, you can move a lot of stuff. And and that's the way that it is. So we move a lot of ham fest uh, with these folks, and and I certainly appreciate every one of them that do it. So that's 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 what we do there. Think about 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 all the volunteer help is too. How much did ticket to the ham fest cost this weekend? Okay, seven bucks. Seven bucks. I mean, this is a big arena. This is a huge show, and it's only seven dollars. I mean, you can go to Little Ham Fest and some of the little clubs hold it. It's still six bucks or seven bucks or eight bucks. It's it's surprising because many of the bigger ham fests charge substantially more money than that. And having a volunteer staff so helpful, it's able to keep the cost down for the people that come here, and that you end up with a huge crowd as a result. So that's smart. Yeah, it is. It, it, it really is. Plus, you have you have. All engineering people, pretty well near, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> designing every move that that, <laughs> yeah. that goes on here, you know. And uh, well, I'll, I'll say one thing about the vendor area this year. Now, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember much about the way it looked last year. Because usually, we get ready to do these broadcasts. 
I come in here with no sleep. We've been up all night working on stuff. We've got a piece of equipment down or a notebook we've got to install software on or something. And uh, but this this layout in here is uh, it, it, I think is really cool. I mean this <laughs> this. <laughs> This is probably the highest class vendor area I've ever seen at a ham fest. I mean, yeah. we got, we're in an area that's got chandeliers. Chandeliers, yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> carpeting. So, well, well, what, what what we got going on is, uh, you know, we 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 got a nice venue here, and and where we normally have the ham fest is in the South Hall, and we did that because the ham fest had grown, and we had to uh, expand from where we were. But uh, this place uh, was in the the. Uh, past uh, few years you know we hadn't been in this one but we have uh, have been here before and i can say that uh some of the vendors that we have here the dealers the manufacturers and uh, exhibitors uh they really didn't like it too well when we uh when we moved to the south hall they would rather have stayed here and and i can see why honestly and truly you know if it weren't for the fact that we were separated with the uh the flea market and the the logistics that's involved with the move-in with uh, with that particular operation there. It's it's just a, a whole lot harder to do it that way. Of course, like I say, there's a little bit of distance between the uh, the two areas and all of that. But I'll tell you the truth: uh, is it, it it does look nice in here, and it's a good, quiet uh, type atmosphere. And so I think it uh, I think it's in, conducive to a bunch of money to Huntsville to uh, to go ahead and, and, and bring a smiling face and a bunch of money to Huntsville. So we appreciate that, I'll tell you. Uh, it, well, Scott said he's been busy here. He yeah, said, we have. Uh-huh. Now, what's – let me ask you this. What what has been the big the big thing? People walk up to your booth. What are the, what are they wanting to see? What are the, what's um, the, the big interest? The speech interest? processor that I talked about a little bit before is certainly – the other is the Omni 7, the remote-controllable HF rig. Those are the two things that certainly are at the top of the list of stuff we talked about with customers these days. No question about well, it. Well, let me, let, me, uh, let me do this. I, you know, of course, I ain't working for – for Tentac, but I've got both the uh, Omni Seven and the uh, speech processor, and I can tell you uh, truthfully, it, it flat works. And uh, I mean, that's all you can say if you if you watch a lot. Well, like uh, Scott said, if I tell you the true test of that particular piece of equipment is that if I tell you the true test of that particular piece of equipment. Equipment is that if uh, you got a, a say a hundred watt rig, and there's a there's a big pile up. I know most everybody that's listening to this up is, and and if you're listening to one of those things, uh, times to in pile ups that I consider to be major pile ups. And I and I I tell you what, I've I've just tickled death with it. It does work, yeah. and uh, so I mean it's just one of those things that uh, the it, it performs as advertised. So that's good. There you, you go. Unsolicited testimonial. You, you you've got the Omni Seven. Have you have you got have you got the internet plugged into it? Yes, I certainly do, and I use that thing when I travel all the time. And uh, and he he hit on a, a, a thing the other just just a little while ago. Scott did with uh, with uh, to make it simple. Now I'm gonna tell you something, man. When you're working with a simple mind like I do, you got to keep things simple. If it's simple, and it is, it's uh, it's a plug and play situation. And I've used it uh, many many times traveling uh, when I go to advertise for Huntsville, all of the places, uh, Orlando, Dayton, uh, all of the other places that I go to. And I, let me tell you something, it works and works well, sure does. So that, that's a good deal. Good. Uh, yeah. Now, are you Charlie? Are you going to give me the log into your radio? Oh well, I, now I can, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I I don't have my credit card. Uh, 
uh, reader with me. <laughs> no, man. It, it, it's, uh, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's a good deal. It really is. I, I'm not saying that because I've got one of them or because Scott's sitting here, but, but it really is. It's, it, it, it does work, man. No doubt about it. Well, you know, I, I guess, you know, if, if you're going to invest in the hobby and you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to go as far as to get, you know, to get the license and study and you're really into ham radio, uh, you know what? Like I said, when I read the the ad on that particular radio, it just kind of I thought, well, this has got to be yeah this this has got to be the way to go. And I'm sure there's I'm sure there's other people. I don't know. Does anybody else make a radio that's got a Cat Five connection on it? I, I don't. Not I don't. for remoting it. No. And one of the things that we're coming out with too in the immediate future for the Omni Seven, uh, we're not showing it here today, is. Um, a device that will allow you to tune the radio remotely when in remote mode with a knob and to plug a paddle in uh, so you can send CW with a paddle. At present, uh, the way CW works when remoting the Omni 7 is uh, you type on the keyboard, the rig sends characters in CW. What we want people to be able to do is plug a paddle in so they can send CW with a paddle even though the radio is remoted. That's something that's coming in the future. All right, well, well Charlie says he's got to go. He says... The, 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 he's got a big ham fest running here, and he's got somebody's going to eat needing you somewhere. You know, and well, I know you probably enjoy hiding out here. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I tell you, you got to be available to work the uh, the problems when they uh, when they come up, and uh, and that's what I try to do. I try to try to get them all as as we possibly can. But let me say this: I, I appreciate being here in the company of of Scott and uh, and also this young lady right here. You're going to have a heck of an interview mm-hmm. uh, with this young lady right here. And I'll tell you what, you're talking about impressive now. This young lady right here is uh, nine years old or ten. How old are you now? Ten, nine or ten, whatever? Unbelievable to make your class operator. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's unbelievable to me now. I'm telling yeah. you, it really is. So, anyway, I appreciate everybody listening. appreciate uh, everything that you guys do uh Ted and uh, and and your son and everybody that's uh, that's involved with this, you guys do a great job. So I got to peel out and got to go see what's going on here, you know, and kind of keep up on things. So thank you so much, man. All right, thank and then, you. And whenever you. Whenever you want to, you can email me the, the login to your okay, radio. All right. Well, I, I'd li- I, you know, I'd like to sit there and listen to it, you know, and see what happens. Okay, Ted, thanks a lot. Thank man. you okay, so much. Man. I appreciate the hospitality here, believe me. And it, I'm going back to my booth as well. It's been good to talk to you, Ted. All righty. Thank, thank you, you very much. much. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they definitely make you feel welcome here, and uh, and I appreciate it. Well, we'll talk to you later, Scott. Thank you guys for coming by. And uh, once again, I want to take this opportunity to mention the fact that we are at, we are at the Huntsville Hamfest, and uh, we are in Huntsville, Alabama, and trying to collect thoughts here on the radio at the same time. I've got, I have, um, I've got two people sitting down here, and uh, one is is Ben Matthews. He's uh, it says he's from Decatur, Alabama, and also we have uh, uh, Caitlin Cole. And Caitlin is now. Are you are you nine or ten? I'm, I'm nine. You're nine years old. Okay. And we talked before. You joined us on the air. We had a we had a good conversation. But but Caitlin's got her her extra class amateur radio license at age nine, and I find that absolutely amazing. You know, I really do. Are you having? I with last time I talked to you, you got the license. And uh, you were just ha- you were you said you were having all kind of fun. Have you continued to have fun on ham radio? Have you have you made a lot of new friends and new contacts? Um. Well, I've still been having fun with it, but um, and um, since I've talked to you the last time, um, I've 
done a special event station and um, got like my third pile up. Um, <laughs> so you got you got your third pile up. Yes, because um, like um, I've um, I only got like t- well. Well, um, well, I just let's just say that I haven't gotten very many pileups, and I think that it was like my third pileup. I'm not, I'm not really sure um, if it was my third pileup or not. Um, so, but you, you, you created the pileup, is what you're saying. Is you got, <laughs> you got on the air, and uh, in just a, a, a little while, there, there was a pileup. Those people trying to to get to you, trying to talk to you, and 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 work you. <laughs> Okay, I'm correct there. <laughs> okay, now I have my thoughts together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, when when you're talking on the radio, you you just you just have to relax because the only thing that's on the other end is people, you know, and they get tongue tied too, and they and they and they get nervous and they and they forget what they're saying in the mind. You know what's really what's really bad when you're in a situation like me. You've been doing this for years, and you're right in the middle of a sentence. And you forget what you're saying. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Have you ever done that at all? <laughs> you know, and I've also heard of people that'll get in the car, get ready to go somewhere. They get in the car and start the car and drive down the road, and they're two or three miles away from the house, and all of a sudden it dawns on them that they forgot where they were going. Yeah. I, I've heard of people doing that before. I don't think you've, you've done that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, how did that happen? Long story. A long story? <laughs> well, I, now, I've never done that myself, but I've heard people say that, and I, I can see where it's, it's, it's feasible. Now, we also have, we've got Susan Booth here, and I don't see a, a, a name tag, but oh, there he is. Ben Booth, okay, so you're a pair, okay? W4YL and W4CT. Okay, so, and you're with the, that mic should be on and working. Okay. And, what, and I know who's sitting down. That mic should be on and working okay. what and wh- why don't you tell me a little bit about who, who you are and what you're well, my name is ben booth i've been a ham since 1951 and uh, was first licensed in pennsylvania have lived all up and down the east coast i've had i guess five different calls my present call is uh whiskey Ford charlie tango live in mentone alabama and uh I, uh, I'm retired. I collect boat anchors and uh, love it. I rebuild old aircraft uh, AM equipment. And I'm Susan W4YL. No. And I'm Susan W4YL. I started out as uh, Whiskey Alpha 4 Zebra Charlie India. Then I changed to AG4H. And then when the vanity calls came out, this was my first choice, and I got it. My husband said I wouldn't get it, but I tried anyway, and that's what happened. So I've been licensed, I guess, since 76. I married a ham in 73, and uh, he probably had just a couple radios then. Didn't know too much what it was all about. And uh, a year after we got married, he uh, built the Heath Kit SB-104 series, and I got introduced to ham radio. Well, very much you guys coming by and joining us. Now, have you have you met Caitlin? Caitlin. Um, How old are you now, Kayla? Caitlin. Um, is it Caitlin? Yeah, it's Caitlin. Um. <laughs> How old are you now, honey? I'm nine. You're nine, and you 
just passed your extra class. When? Um, January 3rd of this year. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Did you take, uh, how many tests did you take in one day? Did you take all three of them or did you spread it out? I spread it out. <laughs> Is that your dad uh, videoing um, you? Yeah, that's my dad videoing me, and then my mom has my handheld on with uh, my little Hannah Montana lanyard. Well, I know they're proud of you. Congratulations. Uh, it, Dad's over here with the camera taking pictures, and, uh, and, and uh, I was going to say, she got some recognition from the ARRL. Now, what, what was that exactly? Because I don't... Alabama section outstanding youth ham of the year. Correct. And and that was um, when when did she get that? She's getting it today. To getting it today. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh. Congratulations! It's well deserved. Thank you. I was I was going to ask you. What is what is right now? What what's got your interest in ham radio? What do you want to do? What have you seen? You said, "Boy, now that's something I want to do." Hmm. Well, like right now, um, like in ham radio, I'm like just interested in um working DX on HF and just having fun on ham radio. So you do, you are now. What bands are you working the DX on? Um, well, I just talk, um, wherever except, um, like, um, uh, my dad just told me mostly, um, 20 and 40, um, <laughs> so. You're on the, you're on the 20 meter band and you're working DX. Where are some of the exciting places you've talked to? Um, well, I've talked to Desheo Island, um, uh, and, um, like, I've, um, done, I've talked to Hawaii and Alaska, got, uh, and I'm really close to, um, getting my work to all states, um, I just need a few, just four more states, um, and, um, I've, talk to um like other countries but i can't remember them all um <laughs> what you when you get on the air you you you, you create a pileup i can just imagine that everybody they're probably all jumping in there wanting to talk to you let me let me ask you this what what do you uh, what do you see about ham radio that could attract more young people more people your age into the hobby what do you think we could do to make that happen the wheels are turning. I'm watching. Hmm. <laughs> I can tell she's thinking. Hmm. What about? Uh, let's ask this young man. What, what do you think? Don't don't lose my question now, and, and see what you can come up with. And right. what, what what do you think would, would be a, a good thing that would would encourage more people? And how old are you? I'm just curious. I'm 16. You're 16. I say what what is it that would? Uh... Well, this is the technology age, obviously. So I think that as you get more and more radios, uh, more and more radios 
run off computers, you'll attract the younger generation that grew up playing video games, playing on computers, and all that. And you think you think that'll you think that might do it? That's what I think. What about what about the digital modes and uh, IRLP and, and Echolink and things like that? Is any of that stuff? Well, I use Echolink, and I think that. They might, since that's actually on the computer itself, you don't need a radio or anything else to run that. That'll be a more popular thing. Mm-hmm. And also, it's crystal clear, so you don't got to worry about picking out who it is through the static. But, Caitlin, have you, have you done anything at all on Echolink? Have you operated at Echolink or IRLP at all? Um, uh, no, sir. You haven't. But you have been on HF. So what... You know, now, now, what what's your idea about getting more young people into ham radio? Have you thought? Have you thought about that? Are you still are the wheels still turning? Well, um, I guess I'm. Well, ham radio is already great as it is, so um, I don't really think that there's anything to improve it because I already think that it's great the way it is. Um, so I guess that like some people are just like, I guess that some people don't want to um. Like spend any time on ham radio, like as a hobby, um, because like and make excuses because apparently some people might think that it's like geeky and stuff, but um, <laughs> don't think that it's geeky, um, <laughs> um. So um, if people think that it's geeky, um. Whatever, don't go near ham radio if you're gonna make fun of it. Um, but if you're gonna not call ham radio names, then interested. In, I guess that that person it, it could be interested in it. Or well, your your take your take on it at this point is ham radio is just fine the way it is. We don't need to do anything in addition to that, or change anything, or do anything special to attract younger people into it. You think That's right. It's just fine the way it is. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, that, that, that does make some sense. It, it really does. It's just at times I wish we saw more young people in involved in Hammer. You're all folks like yourself. So, to her, in your way to get this recognition. And now, who's awarding this to her today? Is that. Uh, The American Radio Relay League and the the North Alabama DX Association. Very good. That's Dad over here, who's been doing the the videoing, and uh, he's been taking pictures of her. So and, and, that, and that's really cool. And you're also a ham. Your call is uh, I should know from the shirt and the hat, you know. But I, I've been doing this a little too long, you know. So I'm a little a little brain dead here. Well, we appreciate you guys coming by. We really appreciate you bringing Caitlin by to get on the radio with us. I look forward to seeing you all there. I really do. And and you just keep up the good work and enjoy that extra class license, and you just keep making and creating those (laughs) pileups. That that sounds like that's a lot of fun. Maybe I'll have a chance to hear you on the air at some point. All right, um, it was nice talking to you again, and I guess there are some other people who are going to want to um, talk to you, so I'm going to go ahead and get out of here so that I don't hog all of your time. Okay, all righty. Well, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed having you here, Caitlin.
extra class license and uh, and nine and nine years old. So that's uh, let me see here. When I turn down that, which one is this one here? Is that four or five? Five. Okay, we'll turn that down. It's sitting on the headphones here, and I didn't want to get a feedback thing. But we are live, and we are from coming to you from Huntsville, Alabama. This is the Huntsville Hamfest, and uh, just all kind of things going on. We have. We still have Ben with us here, and the call sign is KI4. You have to hold your... your LMN. LMN, okay. And Ben is, is 16. He sat down here to join us, and we're glad he did. He's from Decatur. And the other 